mine now. You belong to me. Today we are going to play a new fun game. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan. Me llamo Nicole. I should have done hola. I should have done hola. <laughs> I wrote that down as well and I forgot to do hola because it's our Spanish episode and we're going to be talking about Roma Spanish and cinema. Pan's Labyrinth. Spanish cinema, that's what we're going to call it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And after that, we uh, move on to the last section, Stitch Up, where one of us has to watch a terrible film. Last time, Nicole, you lost the Instagram poll and you had to watch Double Dragon with Robert Patrick. And some glorious oh. overacting, apparently, and I've watched a little bit of footage of it on YouTube. So, oh, I can't yeah. wait. I shared some of how I thought. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear all of that. <laughs> um, before all that, the first section is called "Anything Goes," where we talk about whatever we want. So, how have you been, my friend? Oh, how have I been? I've been, I'm real. I've been really tired this week, especially because I um. Oh, I had a camp, a family camp over the weekend and it uh, involved a lot of my attention. Um, but it was good. But, yeah, I've just been playing catch-up regarding uh, camp. That was nice. It was in Phillip Island and it was good to get away. At least it was different scenery. Yeah. You know, I can't complain. Over here we're allowed to get out and about. I was, um, I was speaking to my yeah. Spanish mate a couple of weeks ago and he's like you guys are like it's like you're in a whole different decade to what we are like we're still you know very minimal movement kind of thing i mean we can't travel outside of australia technically but australia is a big place so you've got a lot of choices what about you mate what have you been up to oh i've actually had an action-packed couple of weeks since the last time we recorded mate um don't usually have much to report on, but I've got loads. I've got loads this time, so I'm going to try not to bore you to death. I <laughs> I recorded with <laughs> I recorded with Radio Gore Press. Uh, oh yeah, that episode came out a couple of weeks ago. By the time this episode comes out, that went really well. Had a lot of fun with Sarah, Rosie, and Phil talking about Creep, the 2014 film Creep, with um with Mark Duplass. Uh, it's a really good film, and I had a lot of fun chatting to him about it. So uh, check out that episode. There'll be a link in the description if you want to head over to Radio Gore Press. Um, and maybe uh, maybe we'll get them on Twin Picks one day. Maybe we've uh, started mm. chatting about it and maybe that's going to happen. But uh, uh, we've got a bit, quite a bit happening on the um, podcast potentially going forward over the next yeah. few months. So I, I try not to sort of mention things before we've done them because just in case they go to shit you know if the recordings don't work for whatever reason <laughs> everyone I just so i don't usually say you just get a bonus thing everyone just time bloody time. pulls out last minute <laughs> eh? yeah and it's difficult we were talking before about trying to organize all our time zones because be- between you and i you're in australia i'm on gmt yeah and there's nine hours difference between us at the moment so if we want to record remotely with someone say in the states there's like three or four time zones you've got to potentially contend with and mm. it's crazy so I was gonna say I remember when I was over in New York and then I was in San Fran the, the next weekend and I was when I was in a relationship and I would Skype with my boyfriend at the time I would stay up till like two o'clock in the morning to chat to him and like mm. in the afternoon I was just like so, <laughs> so the idea of of four different time zones is gonna be interesting I'll, I'll oh, suck it's it up and mind blowing, isn't it? Wait, 
and wake up at 2am to record a podcast. <laughs> oh, no, I'm well, I'm not doing that. I'm not waking up at 2am. <laughs> I'll still be up, to be fair. Yeah. If it's a weekend, I could record at 2am. That's not a problem. Uh, yeah. might be a problem for my neighbours when I'm shouting and banging on things when I get annoyed from losing stick-up holes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, action-packed week, mate. I, I, and I had a bit of a fright yesterday because I texted you, my, my wife, my, my, my wife, coffee again. My wife, wife went down. Thank you, pardon. My wife, my wife went down. Did you get, she died. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not married. I didn't I'm even know married. you were married. Bloody hell. <laughs> it was a secret shotgun wedding. Um, so <laughs> my Wi-Fi went down yesterday and um, I was worried that it wasn't going to be up and running in time for recording the podcast. Uh, and also I hadn't watched Pan's Labyrinth yet. So I, um, I was worried I wasn't going to get to watch that in time. But I did. I managed to squeeze that in. But while my Wi-Fi was off, I thought I'd uh, watch Independence Day. Because, you know, pick up a Blu-ray is that's one of the reasons why I like physical media. Because if for whatever reason we lose connection and no one no one's got any films, what, what are we all gonna watch? Everyone's gonna come to me then, aren't they? Everyone's gonna be, Dan, can we borrow your copy of the negotiator? And I'm gonna be like, No. No, you should have thought of that before you relied on streaming and, and Wi-Fi connection for your movie consumption needs. With streaming, you can download sometimes as well. You can download these. Well, yes. Movies. Well, yes. Yes, you can. You've always got to bring logic to an argument, haven't you? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you always got to piss on my strawberries. Some of the more recent films that I've bought, like Baby Teeth, yeah. I've bought that on YouTube and I've got like, that's a copy that I've got. I just don't have a physical copy because, I don't know, I don't want to waste money on packaging and whatever. Unless it was like some right. really amazing film that i would just like yeah i want extra content and all that i would be more than happy to buy it all right maybe maybe people will only come to me if they want to watch want to watch howard the duck um if that's not available i don't know if you can download that one (laughs) howard the duck what's that what sorry what's howard the duck did you say yeah oh never mind oh no (laughs) never mind (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah, so what was I saying? Being busy, mate. Be, being being busy. Um, have you listened to Movie Drone lately? Have you listened to their latest episode? Uh, yeah, I did. Promising Young Why? Woman, I think was their last one, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Well, I yes. just <laughs> yeah. So they, you know, they have that section. What's that film? And uh, Mark will do a line from a film, often mm-hmm. in the character's voice. And Steve has got to guess what film it is from that line of dialogue. And you get, there's a range of points from five to, to one. They were doing one. Mark started out with saying, back up. And I got it. I knew what it was. As soon as he said back up, I knew what it was. It was bad boys. And the line was back up, put the gun down and get me a pack of tropical fruit bubblicious. But I knew. And I, I so rarely get those right. Um, so I texted them. Right? I messaged them on twitter oh no and uh, i said i was really happy that i got (laughs) i said i was really happy that i got this one right thank you (laughs) thank you so much for doing bad boys it's one of the like probably five films that i would get immediately just because of the amount of times i've seen them and steve said oh thanks for that dan um do you know what nicole said oh no (laughs) (laughs) nicole said it was the jukes of hazard because they put a reference to Daisy. I was like, oh, this is a cast film. This is based on like 
amazing cars and stuff. And then I heard the Daisy that was like on number three. And then, and then the end thing was like, can I borrow some sugar? I was like, oh, this sounds like a country western. And I was like, this yeah. has got to be Dukes of Hazzard. Oh my god! Thanks, hey, thanks for making me boys. look like an absolute dick. <laughs> That's all right. I've got the green light to give you some stick for it. So consider this. <laughs> consider yourself sticked. I meant to um, reply to both Mark and Steve, but, it, yeah, but you couldn't be bothered this week. So apologies. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I got it wrong. I was just like, are they taking the piss out of me? Because Mark responded. Because, yeah, yeah, it's St- Steve does the lines, right? And Mark, oh, no, Mark, no, Other Mark way does the Mark does the lines and Steve does the guessing. That's right. But he does also mile, Mark's mail sack. What does Steve do? Yeah. Steve, Steve's just, I don't know. Steve's just chilling out. Doesn't do anything, does he? No. You don't see the fruits of the labour that the, the labour that goes into editing. <laughs> oh, he edits. Everyone, it, they, he they, edits. Yeah, yeah podcast episodes true. come out, and co-hosts just don't know the pain that we go through as as hosts and editors. It's it's painful. I just need to learn how to use this software. I have edited video, and I enjoy doing it. I just don't know how to use the current software that you've got. I don't mind doing the editing. But I just, I want to moan about it as well. I want to have my cake and eat it. But yeah, anyway, what we've done, we've done new job, yeah. No, you haven't, you haven't mentioned the new job. Yeah, have I not? Have I not mentioned it? No, you haven't mentioned. Oh, right. I've got a new job. What's happened to you? And I'm, I'm very excited and we can't really talk details about our jobs because we have to sign NDAs. Um, But I'm very excited and it's going to be long hours, but I'm very excited to get back into it. And um, it's, yeah, it's, I've had a year of the COVID pandemic just sort of sitting on my, I haven't, I've not been doing nothing. You know, I've been working on a podcast and stuff and applying for jobs and mm. trying to stay healthy and reasonably well exercised and stuff. But uh, it's nice to have a focus again and have something to, a reason to get up every day and leave the house. But um, obviously lots of hand sanitizer and tests at least you've got a you've got a car now to get to work. Yeah, nice commute in the mornings and the evenings. That'll be lovely. Listen to a few more podcasts, can't I? Um, but it does mean no more waking up on Thursday mornings and watching Independence Day um, when I'm supposed to be at work. So swings and roundabouts. I know that um, I'm going to have much less time going forward. So I've been trying to bang in as many films as possible. Uh, I watched. Did you did you watch the Oscars? Or was that no? Should we mention the Oscars? I, it's going to be very late by the time this comes out. It's going to be very late. Yeah, it's about a month ago by the time this episode comes out, probably. But yeah. um, <laughs> I, I, do you know what? It's weird because it's probably the first year that I could have stayed up and watched it, and it wouldn't have affected anything. Um, but I completely forgot about it, and I woke up next morning. It's like, oh, uh, Emerald Fennell, Promising Young Woman, screenplay Oscar. And I was like, oh, sweet. Mm. I thought she deserved that. But um, apart from that, I haven't really seen her else. I saw Frances got, um, yeah, she best got actor, best, best actress actor. again, didn't she? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anthony Hopkins got best actor. No Man's Land one best picture, which I've already seen. Yeah. Usually it's tradi- tradition for me to go watch the film that uh, came, that won best picture that year. So I've already yeah. ticked, ticked that box. Judas the Black Messiah, I think they won, I don't know if it was just one Oscar or if they won a couple. 
can't remember. Kaluuya won yeah. Best Actor, didn't he? I, I thought Kaluuya won Best he Actor. Was, was it well, this actor? is this is the thing. He, best Supporting Actor, and I would have thought. Well, I guess he is supporting actor because um, oh, what's the other guy's name? That, sorry to bother you. The Keith Stanfield. Yeah, I would have yeah. thought he was te- he would technically be the main actor, so he could have got nominated for best actor. But they were both in supporting act, both nominated like for co-leads. best supporting actor. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, I didn't watch it, mate, and um, I didn't have that much interest in it. Over the years, my interest in it is slowly dying off. I still like to hear, and you know, it's, I was sort of rooting for Promising Young Women for Best Picture, um, mm, but I haven't same. seen any of the others on a list. I really want to watch um, The Black Messiah, and I will really, I, I, I want to watch Nomadland. But that's coming that, out on Star, apparently. Well, it is here okay. in Australia. Yeah, um, well, on the Disney, on um, Disney Plus. I've been watching um, mostly terrible, <laughs> what people would consider as bad films last couple of weeks mate i watched super mario brothers uh video game adaptation which is not a brilliant movie but i it's the most it's the most fun i've ever had watching it just to watch it because i used to watch it a lot as a kid and I, I was watching it thinking why did i used to watch this all the time and i think just because it's fucking crazy there's so much weird shit that goes on in it there's there's a, a king that, t- that turns into a fungus dinosaurs that live in another parallel dimension that have evolved into human-like creatures they've got they've got dancing lizards uh, and rocket boots and it's crazy um but it's a lot of fun it sounds awesome it's really good mate but it's it's not good that's the thing it's not good but it's a really (laughs) enjoyable bad movie um i watched return of the living dead which i i don't think i've ever seen it before the very first the one. original the original mm-hmm. one yeah i watched it with sarah and it was really good it was really funny a lot of fun uh, exactly what I, I hoped and imagined and afterwards we watched reanimator and that was a first time watch as well we did a sort of a gore double hmm. bill and that was very interesting um there's a, again some weird shit that happens in that it's a hp lovecraft adaptation and it's yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'm not going to describe what happens in it. Anyone that's seen it probably knows what I'm talking about. But uh, you haven't seen you haven't seen that one, Nicole. No, is that okay? It is a stitch up worthy. No, it's too good for stitch up. It's a good film. It's 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 genuinely a good okay. film. So it it won't really qualify for stitch up. But if I can figure out a way of getting it on one of our picks one day, then I'll do that. Maybe if we do a hmm. Jeffrey Coombs or Lovecraft double bill or um 80s horror we could do 80s horror we've done 80s horror before but we can do it again you know yeah we'll figure out a way and i also there's a new film again we record ahead of time so this would have been a while ago if you're listening to this but more combat came out on hbo max and again it's not brilliant but it is a lot of fun The, the fights are good and the kills are good and it's about as enjoyable as the original Mortal Kombat, I think, which I really, really enjoy. Um, there's some weird dialogue in there, and there's there's some stuff that happens. Like there's, there's zero consequences for the action for some of the heroes, but it's 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 a really fun bad movie. It's, it's not bad that bad. Like the fighting is quite good. Hmm. I was going to say, how many Mortal Kombat's have come out now? Is that three? Yeah, there's three. 
theatrically released films. I think the second one was theatrically released, maybe on a few screens. Um, first one was bad but enjoyable. The second one was just bad. And the third one is, again, pretty... It's that average film, but really enjoyable. So three. Yeah, and I've watched a load of other stuff, mate, but uh, we've been going for a little while now, so I, I'm going to ask you if you've got anything that you've been watching. Uh, yeah, I've been watching mainly TV shows this past uh, couple of weeks. You got me onto Pilot Season, who is a fan oh, yeah. of our show, I guess, and I've been chatting to them a little bit. And I've just been binge listening to their podcast. So pilot season, they, yeah. So they, they review, I think two, either one or two pilots of a TV show every week. That's right. And the first episode that I listened to, they were reviewing Mr. Robot and um, Wellington Paranormal, which I've, I stopped that episode halfway through because I want to watch Wellington Paranormal. Mr. Robot, I kind of want to watch, but I wasn't too phased of getting spoilers from that. But on that episode, one of the guys uh, was speaking about them and I was like, oh, I'm not listening to this episode until I watch the TV series. Have you heard of this series? It's on Prime. Yeah, Sarah's watched this. She watched it a few weeks Mm. ago. And um, I think they spoke about it on Gore Press on one of their Patreon episodes. Um, Sarah, what did Sarah think? I think um, I think Sarah quite liked it. I, I think it was. She said it was quite um, basically. Was it about racism? Right. It was about racism and yeah, but also about this... like horror as well. Horror elements. Hmm. It's like demons that this this family has got in them for things that have happened in the past, horrible things, and yeah, um, yeah they move into this white neighborhood you could say that's right isn't it compton back in the day yeah yeah exactly and i think this is it's an anthology series so maybe the next Mm, okay uh season it'll be a different decade a different situation or maybe you know that it's just this this series and that's it um it kind of reminds you of um oh what's that movie not us. Who produced us? What's the the first get oh, out? Jordan Peele. Kind of similar. Kind of similar to uh, weird and wacky things that happen in Get yeah. Out is similar to them, I would okay. say. Um, but it was a proper high concept I feel like, weird shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, good. It was good. There were the, I think episode nine. It was a bit of a random episode. It was like even pre the fifties. They show like what happened in um, racially in that time, and I was just like, oh, I don't know if this. Oh, it was kind of necessary, but not really in a way. Anyway, okay, give it a watch. I finished Shit's Creek. Um, Ooh, okay. After I've been been watching this for a few months now. This is uh, there's quite a few of these, isn't there? Uh, they yeah, there's six seasons. They did six seasons, and they finished I think last year, but yeah. they're half an hour episodes, so they're pretty, pretty quick mm. and easy. And when I first watched this, I, I watched like one or two episodes, and my mates were like, "Oh, shit's Creek, it's great, you need to watch it." And I was just like, "This, I'm not really into this." 
And then yeah. you get past episode three and then you really, you really start enjoying it and just like the silly shit that happens within this series. And I watched some, yeah. um, they do, they have this, um, they've got like a TV special for the last season. So it's called Shit's Creek. Uh, warm wishes best regards and i broke down into tears because the last oh. season is quite heartbreaking at times oh. i'm just like oh my god <laughs> yeah i am not interested in and watching then, this television program in one in, in really <laughs> at all at all yeah i no, i've seen um people do talk about it and they say it's good so it's unfair of me to write it off but it just doesn't look like my sort of thing at all uh, but i do enjoy eugene levy um, who plays the dad? The dad, I think, because isn't it mm. about a, a, fa- a previously rich family that moved to a town that they bought, um, and they own the town? Is it something like that? So they kind of get they become like kind of broke, bankrupt, and the only thing that yeah. they have to their name is this town called Shit's Creek, um, and they live <laughs> in uh, two motel rooms that you know because they own they own the city. Yeah. And they don't want to fucking be there. They're like, you know, we're going to try and, you know, rebuild business somehow and leave this city. Yeah, each character is really funny. Uh, you just fall in love with every single character on this on this TV show. I wish there was like one or two more seasons. They ended it at a good time, I think. You, you know, it's, it's shit when with, it, with a TV show when they continue on, and it just yeah. gets really boring. <laughs> like Neighbours. Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> neighbours, Home and Away. What do you guys have in the UK? Uh, EastEnders, uh, Emmerdale Farm EastEnders. and Coronation yeah. Street. And Coronation I think Hollyoaks Street. is still on. I don't know, mate. They're, they're all awful. They're all terrible. I used to watch, uh, I've told this story many times, but I used to watch all that shit. Well, I didn't watch all that shit. I used to watch EastEnders. And uh, and some reality TV stuff as well, like The Only Way is Essex. I'm terribly embarrassed to admit this. Um, <laughs> but I remember I went on holiday one year and I had, it was back in the day before you could just watch anything um, on demand. And, and I was recording everything on the, the TiVo box, if you're American. And I got back from holiday and there was like 15 hours of reality TV uh, recorded and loads of Fuck like four hours me. of EastEnders or whatever. And I was, I just looked at the screen and I was like, there's like 17 hours of trash TV there. <laughs> And I had a real moment in my life and it felt like a fork in, in the road. You know, I was like, do I carry on down this path or do I just delete it all and just never watch any of it ever again? And I deleted it all and I've never gone back to any of it ever since because I was like, I can't waste my life watching that shit. Um, so then I started a podcast. <laughs> now I waste my life editing. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, speaking of like reality TV shows. So uh, last week Jack I Grace. stayed at my mate's house. No, no, I haven't seen. Uh, Ru- you talking about RuPaul? Yeah, I RuPaul, really want to watch yeah. that. Sarah watches yeah. it, so every other weekend, I I, I watch it with her. Yeah, because they they're, they're um I think they're shooting a season here at the moment, or they've finished the season. Taiki Watiti is going to be one of the uh, judges, I think. No way. Anyway. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I'd definitely watch it. I'd watch it for that. Um. I was at my mate's house on Thursday night. We went. We got some Colombian food because he's learning Spanish, and I'm um, testing out our Spanish. 
And I get to his, he's like, oh, what do you want to watch? I was like, I don't know. He goes, oh, you have to watch this really trashy uh, Brazilian show. I go, yeah, all right, let's put it on. Yeah. And it's, it's, it comes across as like a, as a, I guess, drama or like a, a zombie TV show. But, and it's called Re- Reality Z. It's like Big Brother, but the contestants dress up as Greek goddesses and gods. Right. <laughs> um, and I think the show is called uh, Olympus and like or, or like Zeus or whatever, and he is the god. So, you know, this is Big Brother. It's like Zeus talking to you. Yeah. And in the first episode, there's this zombie apocalypse. So everyone, you know, gets eaten and becomes zombies and the contestants inside the house are like, what the fuck's going on? Like, you know, there's no task to do today. And it's just really bizarre and it's just really, it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, it's just so trashy and so funny and the acting is like really terrible, but I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to finish this season. And I'll <laughs> properly right. review it to you guys in a few weeks. All right. Well, you do that, mate, and save me having to watch it. (laughs) Big Brother started this week as well. I watched watched the first episode. Um, I can't believe that program's still on, mate, to be honest. I didn't, like, obviously you you have an Australian (laughs) one, I guess. It's revived. It it was, they got rid of it for a good 10 years and then all of a sudden Channel 7, yeah. Um, Channel 7's got it back on again. And it's complete, like, it's, uh, the public don't vote them out. It's only the last, like, the last three that are in. Yeah. The public get to choose who want, who they want to win. I've not seen Big Brother in at least 10 years. I, I can't. Yeah. Because it was kind of fascinating when the first season came out. I was having this conversation recently and when the first season came out, it was in the UK at least, it was marketed as like a, an experiment, like a psychological experiment. Uh, and they're like mm. putting all these people in a house. It's going to be fascinating to see how all the social interactions work and how they get annoyed with each other. And little. And it was fascinating. You tuned in for that. But then it turned into this whole drama thing and it was nasty Nick and it was, that's how old I am. It was uh, the builder yeah. Craig doing home improvement stuff after that but um and then it just it got but it got very old very quickly and it's Mm. just turned into this whole weird kind of sub fame sort of thing um where people just shave their testicles and they suddenly become famous or whatever i don't know how it works and they go on love island i think that's i think that's the rest prerequisite i think they have to send in a photograph of their a perfectly shaved scrotum and then they send that into itv (laughs) and itv are like yes you can be on love island let's measure (laughs) let's measure your triceps how small are your pants oh nonsense garbage absolute fucking garbage garbage, mate garbage who watched um love is blind again (laughs) <laughs> all right mate it was, it was yeah, i don't know sometimes you do things that you don't want to do so it's called compromise <laughs> um, oh. but that's the problem with the reality shows that's why i stay away from them though because they get you they do get you and they, they know exactly what they're in. doing and that's yeah. why i stay away from them because if i watch one or two of the episodes of a reality show i'm usually going to get into it and i have to see how it finishes so i just stay away from it but i know that it's garbage and when I'm watching it, I feel horrible about myself. 
So I don't. I'm like, oh, this is, what are you doing? It's just existential crisis throughout. But anyway, yeah. so should we, should we move on we sh- to the Spain bit? We should bit? move on. Espanol. 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 We're going to move on to section two. And as we said before, our theme this week is Spanish cinema. You chose the theme. Last time we chose two films, we chose Roma and we chose Pan's Labyrinth. We're going to talk about those in a little bit. But first, because it was your choice of theme, it's your turn to do a topic intro, mate. Um, So I always look forward to this bit because it's always a surprise. (laughs) We never talk about what we're going to do with each other, do we? So it's always a bit of a surprise. Um, So I'm I'm fascinated to see what you've got, got in store, mate. This is super random, right? Um, hold on. Let me pick something up from the floor. Is it a show? Uh, no. Have you lost your show? I'm going to do some audio I have lost. Nicole's lost <laughs> shoe. Where is Nicole's shoe? Where's that shoe? Where's that shoe? No. It's, it's not called Where's My Shoe. It's called... Oh, I'll play it through Google Translate because my... I might attempt to say this in Spanish, but you, it you, is called "Quale es mis estuche de la pique." The segment is "What's in my pencil case?" <laughs> <laughs> What's in your pencil case? Is it a Spanish pencil? Yeah. yeah. Well, you never know. <laughs> so okay. I'm going to pull out an item out of my so-called pencil case that I've got here, and you have to is it say a Spanish pencil the case. Item. Yep, totally. So just say this, for example. Yeah. That's, how would you say pen in Spanish? So you need to say the word in Spanish. Right, got it. But I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> so that's, no, non parle en español. Well, I thought of the other thing is, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, you know, como se dice pen en español. So how do you say pen in Spanish? And I'll give, I'm going to give you a few options, and then you're going to guess which is the Spanish word. Oh, thank God. Multiple choice. Super random. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So we'll start with pen. So okay. the options are bolígrafo, lápiz, or crayon. The first one. How do you say that, Dan? You say it again. <laughs> bolígrafo. Bolígrafo. Perfecto, correct. Polygrapho. Polygrapho. Lapis. Where's that bolygrapho? Donde es mi bolígrafo? Where is my pen? Polygrapho. Good old. (laughs) Good old uh, Duolingo. Um, The next item that comes out of my pencil case is... Oh... A stamp. Oh, oh no, it's one of those things. Oh no, not a stamp. <laughs> Fucking hell. This is not an accountancy podcast. Please sign here. How many bloody... Sp- we had so many stamps on the last gig. I haven't yet to use a stamp since I've been back on accounts. Well, hopefully no one from the last job listens to this because I've got a bag of stamps from the last job. I got my bag All out my yesterday. Stamp. I was like, I knew they would come in handy. <laughs> I've got all of my stamps back in the UK at my old flat. Oh no! Just... I'm gonna go. And, I'm gonna ring Sylvia and I'm gonna meet her in London and nickel your stamps. <laughs> she's probably she's probably using them. She's like, probably. oh, this stamp. I've run out of this stamp. 
Uh, anyway, back to back to uh, the quiz. So, stamp. How do you say it in Spanish? Is it estampia, sello, or marca? Estampia. To be fair, these all mean stamp in Spanish, but the one I was looking for is sello, because estampia means like a postage stamp. Oh right. And marca means like to mark. Like marker stamp and sello is the rubber stamp. Some Spanish person is going to listen to our podcast and be like, "No, that's not correct. What are you talking about?" Well, this is any coming from Google Translate, should be so. directed to Nicole <laughs> because this is Nicole's topic intro. <laughs> I have got nothing to do with this. All right, what is the next item? <laughs> I, got, I think I put five le- items. Yeah, so we don't have that le- many tipex. items. What is le tipex? Tipex. Do I want to know? Tipex. Oh, is that like um, a razor? Yeah, white, like white, white out. liquid. White out. White out. Yeah. White out. Yeah, it's white out, call- mate. <laughs> That's what we call it here. So it is. I love how white out is one word in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so a pair of scissors is the next uh, right. word. That- You're holding a pair of scissors. Okay. Yeah. Very small pair of scissors. So, I was like, oh shit, what is, yeah, this is, I'm pretty sure this is the, it's like, which one was the Spanish one? I'll have to. Well, if you don't know, what chance have I got? (laughs) KNL. You never make these easy for me, do you? I'm just going to make sure that I'm choosing the right word for the correction. All right, well, let's do some audio oh. song filler. What no, songs are we bring no, no, no. to the, oh. to the, We're doing a quiz. It's giving me. It's giving. It's giving me a different word to what I had. What? Oh, this is awkward. Let's just say I'm right. <laughs> Correct. Three out of three. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yay! Well, no, t- two out of three. You didn't get the second one right. I did. You said they were all stamps. No, but so if you, they're all stamps, you, they're someone that's never even... Oh, the only <laughs> word I know in Spanish is huevo, and you're well aware of that. Cerveza, por favor. And beer. Also, I know beer. I know beer and egg. So I can have breakfast and a liquid lunch. That's all right. I would fair. like beer, breakfast, lunch, and tea. Thank you. The next I'm gonna, one day I'm going to go to Spain, of... and I'm going to end up with a, a pint with an egg in it, and I? I'm going to finish my pint of Guinness, yeah. get to the end, there's an egg in the bottom. Delicious. The next item out of my pencil case is a globe. Es globas. globas. That's what you always want to come out of your pencil case. You're like, oh. A globe. I need to know. That was not. I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Peek behind the curtain. I'm just going to call you out right now. That globe was not in your pencil case, was it? It was totally in my pencil (laughs) case. It was. How big is your pencil case? What fucking pencil case have you got? That's not a pencil it's case. Really that's a, a fucking handbag. It's like a satchel. It's, it's actually a, it's a chalk bag. It's got a my what? chalk a in it. Chalk? A chalk. You've got chalk. a bag just for chalk. <laughs> <laughs> you don't keep anything else in it apart from chalk. I've never met anyone in my life that's got a chalk bag. I've never met anyone that owns chalk, let alone enough chalk to necessitate an entire bag full of it. Mate, when you have a photo booth and, you know, you have one of those boards where you put chalk on it, 
you, you need, you need some chalk. <laughs> all right, you need fair a enough. bag with chalk. All right, you learn something but, new every day. Back, back to the quiz, guys. How es do you say? Call me. <laughs> es globas. Oh, lost the globe. Oh, broken globas. How do you say that in Spanish? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you've just knocked Spain off of it, mate. <laughs> That's what you think of Spain, That's, isn't it? So it is globo sfera globo. I'm going to say globo sfera. That's two answers, mate. It's either oh. globo or sfera. Yeah. Oh, or only t- so. There's only two options on this, then. There's three options. <laughs> You've got to spell this out for me, mate. I'm not that bright. <laughs> you, you know this. Globo, sphera, or globo. Yeah. Which two one of those are, are the those same? Three. One's oh, got an know. O at the end and one has got a U at the end. You are a piss take on these quizzes, mate. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say option three. That is incorrect. Of course it is. Globo, the first one with the... <laughs> Yeah, the Number first a. globo. Yeah. The first globo. Not the second globo. So, so sphera is how you would say globe in Greek. And yeah. global, I think that's the Maltese way of saying globe. Right. I'm pretty sure. Okay. All languages that I don't know. Oh, you wait till we do French movies, mate. <laughs> you fucking wait. <laughs> tu parles français? No. Okay. <laughs> a plant has come out of my pencil case. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> so funny. All right. So, okay. have I got to name the type of plant? <laughs> have I got no, to tell you the species planned. in Spanish? <laughs> you don't have to say suc- succulent. I don't know how you would say succulent. I should look up. How do you say succulent in Spanish? Well, don't look it up now. We're doing the quiz. Oh, do we? <laughs> so, is it pianta, fito, or planta? Uh, fito. That is incorrect. Well, of course it is. It was, it was planta. It was one so of I'm the planters. <laughs> it was one of the planters. So, you, we'll say you got two out of five. Not bad. I would say three out of five. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you the stamp one. Yeah, I want the stamp one. <laughs> I want that one. So you get three so at out least of I'm five. I'm over the fifty percent. Not yeah, right, bad, well, mate. Sixty percent. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually reasonably happy with that, <laughs> based on a language that I've never spoken a word of, apart from huevo and cerveza. Um, yeah, like I said, bring on the French quiz. That's all I'm saying. Awesome. Okay, so six out of five. Uh, six out of five. Three out of five. I'm reasonably happy with that. So thank you for preparing that quiz mm. for us, mate, and pulling some things out of your pencil case. Um, maybe I'll pull some things out of my drawer, and that can be a, a quiz. <laughs> but the reason that we're talking about Spanish stuff is because we review, we watched two Spanish movies. We watched Roma. We watched Pan's Labyrinth. I watched Roma first. I usually like to try and start with the film I watched Same. first. So. I reckon let's start with Roma. So Roma was one of your three picks, and I picked it out of your three. Um, it was directed by Alfonso Cuaron. It came out in 2018. It's 135 minutes long. The synopsis reads, In 1970s Mexico City, two domestic workers help a mother of four while her husband is away 
for an extended period of time. Um, okay, and now, so bear with me as I try and pronounce people's names here. Do be kind. Um, Yalitza Ap- Aparicio plays Cleo, main character. Uh, Marina de Tavira plays mm-hmm. Sophia. Um, and you know what? I'm going to leave it there because they're the two leads. So Cleo, yeah. Cleo plays like a like a housekeeper, an employer housekeeper, and she works for Sophia. And Sophia is living in a house with her family, with her husband, who's a doctor, and her children. And Cleo is living on the premises with one other housekeeper. And it's it's about Cleo. It's it's Cleo's story. It's quite a it's quite a small kind of story it's a it's like a very small intimate tale of this one person cleo and the things that she goes through and it's yeah it's a period piece so it's kind of set in the 70s as well and she goes through lots of things Mm. and i yeah i guess the the first thought that i want to sort of pick up on is while i was watching it i was thinking when's something going to happen when's something going to happen and the more it got into the film for me the more I was okay with not much happening because it was more about the context of the story. It was more about that one character and her journey and her experiences. And, um, and it was, it's something that I've been meaning to watch for, for a while. It's not something I was ever going to rush out to watch because I'm lazy subtitle films. Also it's black and white. I am a bit lazy. It takes me a while to get around to these films, but I thought this was, pretty fucking good mate um and yeah by the end of it, it was, i was it was i was sold it was it was really really yeah. good um the thing that i kind of appreciated it it was kind of like everyday scenarios that set that within the scenes they said a lot and the most uh relevant example i can think of is the car so the the husband had this big car and he's trying to drive it into the garage and he's being very (laughs) fucking careful, trying not to ding the walls and stuff because the car's too big for the garage. Later on in the film, after the husband leaves the family, Sophia drives that car and she gets stuck in between two trucks. And I I appreciate it. Like to me, what that was saying is excess. That car was representing an excess of, you know, too much... You don't need this much, whatever. I could be wrong. I could be looking far too much yeah. into it, but that's what it's. You know, that's what it said to me, and I really, really fucking liked that. And I liked the way it kept coming, kind of popping up. And by the end of it, Sophia had sold that car, and she gets a smaller car, a more practical car. Um, so that kind of tied into her character arc because she's not that likable at the start of the film, Sophia, but she sort of comes yeah. round to Cleo, doesn't she? Because there's kind of she's a bit of. She's a bit stuck up. Um, aggre- she's a bit aggressive. Well, she, prob- she probably gets that from her husband as well. Yeah. Because yeah. he's an absolute asshole. Like he, well, all of the men know. are in this film. All, all, like all of the, yeah. the main male Agree. characters in this film, yeah. they all f- screw over the women. The husband leaves without, well, looks like he's just kind of on, on a whim, just fucked off um, and doesn't really see his kids. And then Cleo, She's dating a, a dude called Furman, and they go to a movie theater. And that's what just going off topic slightly. That like I 
it's the circumstantial thing. So it kind of felt like an everyday experience of, of Cleo. She was going to the theater. She was going to this thing. She was doing this thing at work and doing that thing. And we were just kind mm-hmm. of along for the ride and just watching her. Yeah. But she, so she goes to the movie theater with Furman and she tells Furman that she's pregnant. This is after he's done his naked bow staff demonstration, which I've got down as a note. <laughs> naked bow staff demonstration? Question mark. I mean, yeah, like he's doing his martial arts. Yeah, um, trying to show show off to Cleo. Yeah, like as like just after they've had sex or just before they're about to. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, this is a bit weird. It's a weird and then, fucking scene. Yeah, and then and then like a few must have been like a few weeks or a couple months later. They're at the movie theatre and she says to him, like, oh, I'm pregnant. And he goes, oh, that's fantastic. Like, that's great. Yeah. And then next minute he's like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. And she was like, well, the movie's about to end, you know, can you just wait? And she's like, no, no, it's okay. I'm just going to go. And you instantly know what he's about to do. He just fucking walks yeah. out. And, and he and, doesn't um, really come back into the film until later on where she gets his mate to drive her to where he's training doing his martial arts training mm-hmm. oh by the way have you tried that thing yet <laughs> in the film with the martial art dude he said uh stand on one leg and touch your fingers uh, and close your eyes touch your fingers above your head no i haven't tried Hold it away. <laughs> shall we try it now i'm gonna try it now <laughs> <laughs> right. so what are we doing you have to stand on one leg close yeah. your eyes and touch your fingers above your head listen mate i don't want to do it. i'm doing it perfectly it's not. It's easy. That is easy. It's easy to do. All right. Well, Dan is Zen. Well, I tell you what. Like, there, there's not. There are not many negatives that I can probably find with this film. And I try to be reasonably well balanced with, with our discussions on yeah. these films. Um, <laughs> but so that's going to go down as a negative. You can stand on one leg, close your eyes, and touch your fingers uh, above your head. But yeah. So Cleo, she she goes to to see Vermin. Vermin. I. <laughs> We'll just call him Vermin because he was a bit of a twat. Um, yeah. And he's just not interested. He's just very aggressive with Vermin. her and just says, like, look, fuck off. Leave me alone. I don't want to know. And so and also very like, much. And also because of her job, he, he he made a comment like, oh, you know, you're just like a fucking housekeeper. You're yeah. just like very lower class. And I was just like, when, yeah. he, when he said that and just like pissed off with his mates, I was just like, fuck me. Like what an absolute asshole clearly um this would have been a good choice for a leading woman i would say um mm. in that episode that we did absolutely um, but i'm very happy that we actually chose it and i finally got around to watching it there's 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 a lot that i liked i really i, I liked the cinematography i mean it looked great didn't it because it's just one it, like every scene is like literally one frame they don't move it it's like everything is shot within there's no two cameras going back and forth with certain characters. It's just sat on that one frame that whole time while that person's having that conversation. You know, people's backs towards the camera. And I really I really like this film based on the cinematography and also yeah. the storyline, how this story had come across. Did you watch the... Um, the colour version, it through... no. Oh, it's the black and white version. No, no. <laughs> the... <laughs> no, through the lens of Alfonso, um, no, through didn't. the director. So no. just coincidentally, directly after Roma finished, 
uh, his documentary about him creating uh, this film came on straight after and it was in Spanish, which which was fine, but it's based on uh, his nanny when he was younger and 70% of the furniture in this film is from either his family, from his house or from his family all around Mexico. And he wanted to make this as realistic as his memory in his head was. Yeah. As well as like no one knew the script really. He was the only one who knew about it. And he would like on every day he would like go to Cleo and be like, okay, this is what you should say and this is how and like just to make it as raw as um, possible as he as they could, and it was great. It they it was really yeah. realistic. It turned out really well. It felt it all just felt very natural to me. And a point mm. I was going to try and touch on was Yulitsa. Her performance was brilliant, and, and I say that because it was so subtle. Like she wasn't that kind of emotive. You know, she was she was very she kind of felt reserved and subtle is just a word I keep coming back to, you know, you, but you could see there's a, there's a scene in the hospital where she's going, she's looking at the newborn babies where she's, um, I was going to say being, where she's being diagnosed as pregnant, but that's not the right term, is it? Um, Mm. (laughs) where she's been, you know, she's getting tested for pregnancy and stuff, but there's an earthquake in that scene. And, um, I wonder, like you mentioned about, the actors didn't know each day what was going to happen and i and mm-hmm. i wonder if she knew that that was going to happen at that point i don't know how they did it on set whether they just i don't know whether they just shook the camera and stuff or whatever but like when junior earthquake it was just a very subtle like it was just a nice scene because the earthquake kind of said to me like it, her whole world was shaking being shaken up but the look on her face was very subtle yeah and it clued me into her character. I was just, I was always very invested in what, what she was going to do next because um, she was just put through so many struggles and put through the ringer so much, but she just kept going. And I thought, I, was just, I thought it was quite an inspiring tale actually. And then, and for me, the best thing was at the very end of the film with the, um, with the beach because she, she eventually, she loses her baby, doesn't she? After that scene with vermin. Yeah, that's a real heartbreaking scene. Yeah, right? And I was proper tense during that beach scene, like really like on the edge of my seat. It was so – because I've been ramped up so much by that point. And I say like at the start of the film, I was kind of like, oh, where's this going? I don't really know what's going on. Is this going to do anything interesting? Like it looked great, don't get me wrong, but I didn't – I wasn't that invested in stuff. And the further it got on, the more – okay i was with it being just about this one character and then when it got to the very end with the, the stuff on the beach i was like fucking hell i'm i'm all in here and i was just wondering mm. how it was going to end um and i don't i'm not a, as you know mate i'm not a huge fan of children so i no. i was a lot more tense during a, that scene than i thought i would have been you know i wanted her to save the kids which is surprising because you know Normally, I wouldn't be that invested in saving children from drowning. <laughs> um, but it was very fucking powerful stuff, mate. Uh, and that's a phrase I keep coming to. It's very powerful by the end of it. And then she just kind of, she unleashes. She saves the kids. She gets back on the beach. And she says, she admits to having not wanted the baby after she's lost it. And Sophia and the family, they comfort her. And, you know, they say, we all love you. And it was it was really good, mate. It was, it was a really good, yeah. powerful little story. Intimate, but 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 big as well, if you know what I mean, at the same time. 
And also, um, Yelitsa, that was her first mm. ever time acting. I think they kind of like, yeah. they want, you know, the director wanted to get someone, They he didn't, he wanted very few actors on set and they, they weren't like the doctor, some doctors were actual doctors. Yeah. They made it as realistic as they could. Um, even that scene after um, after she comes out of the cinema, like that's just all local people yeah. that they've they got um, as extras, and it's he wanted yeah. authenticity, and, didn't he? He was that's definitely what he was going absolutely. for. Absolutely, to feel as natural as possible, um, to to almost feel like you're kind of a fly on the wall, and it worked. It worked brilliantly. And you mentioned the camera movements earlier, or, or and I, I liked that they had a lot of stuff going on in the backgrounds of scenes, like the, with the marching band. And I remember there was a yeah. scene where the kids are playing, you know, like the, so the camera would be concentrating on, on Cleo and her her um, conversation with somebody, and then the camera would whip around to some kids that are currently playing in a in the alleyway. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was done brilliantly, and it's not like I say it's not something that I would rush out to watch but I'm so glad that I made the time to sit down and watch it because it was really really good it's kind of a film that I want to not that I want to shit on it (laughs) at all but it's kind of like on a surface of it I think oh that's probably a bit pretentious I'm not really interested in that but actually when I sit down and watch it I'm like oh actually I can see what everybody is is loving about this film um so I'm really glad that I got around to it in the end mate and um Unless you've got anything else to say, I think I'm going to give it a score. No, that's it. That's it. What do you think? I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Um, it was really, really, it was really, really good. Um, and it was, it was powerful in a way that, that crept up on me. And it surprised me at how much or how engaged with it that I was. I will watch it again at some point. I, after having found out that... The, the actors didn't have any of the scripts. I, I want to watch those scenes, particularly the last scene on the beach, with the knowledge that they didn't know what was going to happen that day. So I do want to watch it again. But I, aside from that, I don't think it's going to be something that I can watch over and over again, which is what I reserve my nines and my tens for. So 8.5. I would highly recommend watching the documentary as well of how that, like how this movie came together um, when you do watch okay. it again. You know, another thing before I I say my score, I was interested to hear, like, why is it called Roma? I was like, you know, Roma is an Italian city, but there's also a city in in Mexico called Roma. And I think that's where the director either was from or from a city close by. Um, I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10 because cinematography, the acting, the storyline – I just, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And it's definitely something that I want to revisit again. And I've been wanting to watch this film for quite some time, but I've been holding off purely because I thought we would be reviewing it on the podcast, Um, which we did. So it's great. Which we did. Yeah, we got round to it. So good. Successful. Um, Really good film, mate. I'm really happy that that we chose it. So speaking of... Alfonso Cuaron, that dude also was a producer on Pan's Labyrinth, as I found out while I was doing research Mm. and my final write-up for my notes. So Pan's Labyrinth was the second film that we chose. That was this was on my list, and you chose it from my three. Uh, It came out in 2006. It was directed by Guillermo del Toro. The tagline reads, "What happens when make-believe 
believes it's real, and a synopsis reads, living with a tyrannical stepfather in a new home with her pregnant mother, 10-year-old Ophelia feels alone until she explores a decaying labyrinth guarded by a mysterious fawn who claims to know her destiny. If she wishes to return to her real father, Ophelia must complete three terrifying tasks. It stars Ivana Baccaro as Ophelia, Maribel Verdu as Mercedes, Sergi Lopez as Captain Vidal, and Doug Jones as the fawn. Uh, he's also the pale man. I didn't know that. He played two roles. He was the fawn hmm. and weird hand eye. Ah, the, the, the hand yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Um, the budget was 19 million and the box office was 87 million. Did quite well. Um, yes. And it is in French. It's French. It is in Spanish. Um, I watched it with English subtitles. Did you watch it with subtitles or off? Uh, yeah, I watched it with subtitles and I watched it in Spanish. Was it in English for you? No. No. No, it was in Spanish with with English subs. But um, Guillermo was offered, apparently, I got this fact from Movie Drone because I listened to their Pan's Labyrinth episode before we recorded. Ah. But um, Guillermo was offered some extra money to make it in English, but he said, no, thank you. I'll make it in Spanish with Spanish actors and in Spanish language. And, yeah, I'm glad that he did. I think it would have been a waste yeah, of money if he, if he had a made it in in english um and for me as someone that doesn't speak the language not least because it just adds to that feeling of kind of other world to me this this fantasy world but yeah so it's set in spain in 1944 and it's kind of an alternate timeline movie because the spanish civil war in real life it finished in 1939 ran from 1936 to 1939 but in this um the fascists won i guess and Mm -hmm. it's 1944 uh, and that's what they say in the film anyway and it's kind of set between this real world of a a struggling household with kind of really fascist militaristic figures and that's kind of mixed in with some fantasy world stuff and it does kind of bounce between those two worlds quite nicely but it's all about Ophelia and Ophelia's story and her kind of relationship with this labyrinth this weird labyrinth it's a film that has been on my radar for the longest time to watch many people have said that I should watch it everyone that I've spoken to has said it's really really good and I wonder if maybe it was a little bit um, underwhelming yeah I, I wonder if it was blown up a little bit too much for me if i was expecting too much from it because yeah you're right i was a little bit underwhelmed while i watched it mate i'll be honest with you i was looking forward to this this crazy film that i've never seen anything like before and be sucked into this world and i was a little bit i was a little bit like i really appreciated all of the fantasy stuff all of the stuff that's happening to the characters in the real world is fucking brutal and nasty yeah and it is it is really well contrasted with the stuff that's going on in the fantasy world. But I don't know, just something about it just didn't, I wasn't hooked by it, like emotionally. Like I can say to you, I watched Roma and for some reason I just got emotionally invested in it. I didn't have that same same experience with this film and I, I did feel quite removed from it. It was very beautiful. Yeah. It was very beautiful. I, um... Don't get me wrong. The first time I so this isn't the second time I've seen this film, 
yeah. the first time I watched it because um, Mitch recommended it to me. Good old Mitch. Good old Mitch re- recommended it to both of us and I watched it. And I was a bit like, I was a bit weirded out. I was just like, oh, I don't know what I think of this film. Watching it a second time, I got to enjoy it a lot more. Okay. Um, and then I was I was thinking as, as I was watching this film, like what would this remind me of? I was like, oh, yeah, it's got Shape of Water vibes. Mm. Not that I've watched it, but it's the same director. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. I was like, oh, that makes complete sense. Mm. And also the same director as Pacific Rim. Get out of town. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? <laughs> um, you get roped into doing that. It, it's, it's funny because... I, I, I can't think of a single Guillermo del Toro film that I love. I like mm. a lot of his films, but I don't love them. And Pan's Labyrinth falls into the same bracket for me. As <laughs> people are going to fucking hate me, but I enjoyed Pan's Labyrinth as much as I enjoy Pacific Rim. <laughs> like, like there's more to oh, appreciate God. in it. Like I enjoy Pacific Rim more but there's more to appreciate in Pan's Labyrinth. I mean, the the, the most obvious thing to me is the creature design. It, I mean, it was fantastic. Mm. The fawn and particularly the pale man, uh, the eyeball handy dude. Um, yeah. Those, th- those creatures. That took five hours were, were to get brilliant. into that outfit. I thought it would have been more, to be quite frank. I thought it would have been yeah. more. Okay. The interesting part of that that costume as well is, so for him to look out of his to look, to be able to see, he had to see through yeah. his nostrils, which was... Well, they put um, his nose on his eyeballs? I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, God, that was very method, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, God, I would feel so claustrophobic in a costume like that, or prosthetics, whatever you would, would yeah. call it. You've got to take your hat oh. off to, to, the, to those people that do that, because it's, well, it was yeah. Doug Jones in those costumes, and he's famous for that he also was the the monster in shape of water incidentally and um he was he was abe sapien in the hellboy movies which also is guillermo del toro and he works with del toro quite a lot and he's kind of known for that doug jones is the 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 costume guy i think i saw uh, an interview with him and at that time he had said that over half of his roles had been in a costume so he's kind of that guy if you need someone in a costume people are like called doug jones I bet he gets yeah. fucking sick of it, though. I bet he wishes that he could just do an on-screen. Well, he must get paid a, a lot of money to to well, be in those costumes as well. Well, yeah, I don't know, mate. I don't really know how it works. So, you know, I, I hope so. I hope he gets very well compensated, but it doesn't always work like that, yeah. does it? Um, yeah. So the creature stuff was absolutely brilliant. Like it was pretty breathtaking. I've not seen anything like it. A lot of practical stuff, imagination was like the imagination that was applied to some of the scenes and some of the costume design was incredible. Like the art department did a really good job. Um, and I did, I mean, I sort of felt Cenobite vibes from Hellraiser. It felt very Hellraiser sort of Nightbreed to me um, mm-hmm. and very sort of classical painting vibes as well. So it looked beautiful. Like it looked, I could watch it with the sound off and just have it on the background and just look at it every now and again and be like, oh yeah, that, that's another incredibly like an incredibly good looking scene um i just wasn't engaged that much with the story and it was i don't know really why because it was a very um 
real story, I guess, was... about like struggle with this fascist regime and dealing with the consequences of the actions of really one sort of horrible dude who was awful. It was an awful, yeah, the awful captain man who like, got his comeuppance in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he did some awful shit and he, you know, he, he, he caved someone's face in with the barrel of a gun and he ultimately, he, he killed Ophelia in the end, didn't he? So he killed, he killed the kid, the main, the main yeah. uh, character. His of the stepdaughter. Film. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I forgot that as well. He was also his stepdaughter. And, um, so he gets in the end he gets which, a bullet to the head yeah which, which he was, didn't really give a shit all he no. all he caught, cared about is because you know he Ophelia's mum was pregnant with his son and that's all he cared about is that yeah. he had a male offspring and that's it you know if he's if her mum died so be it like and she yeah. did she ended up dying at uh giving uh during childbirth the scene before she has the baby. So there's this, I guess it would almost look like a turnip. This turnip oh, creature. Parsnip. That looks like a parsnip to me. Parsnip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah parsnip. Um, just so uh, this, the pan, uh, this labyrinth um, says, you know, if, you know, your mum's not well, so put this creature in milk with a bit of, you know, give a bit of your blood every day and your mum will be safe. And Ophelia goes under the bed just before her mum is about to go into labour and um, her da- her, her stepdad catches her out and pulls her out of the bed, under the bed, and it's like, what is this thing? And tells her tells his wife to be like, oh, you know, she shouldn't be playing games, you know, this is milk milk and veggies rotting underneath the ta- under the bed kind of thing. And she goes, you know, you need to grow up kind of thing. You, you know, you need to grow up, you know, life is not fairy tales. And then she throws this creature into the fire and it starts screeching. And as yeah. that happens, she goes into labour and, yeah, she ends up dying from childbirth. Two, two, two films regarding that topic. Well, yeah, death in childbirth. One was a baby, and one was um, the the childbearer. Um, yeah. yeah, very, very. I would say this one was a lot darker than Roma because I feel like yeah. Roma kind of ended on a positive. Because not to go back to the Roma uh, review, but Roma ended on a positive because I feel like she was kind of accepting her grief and getting a, over it. And, you know, yeah. she by the end of the film, you're like, okay. She's and a good family on. network as well. Yeah, exactly. And she's got support around her. But in this one, the, the ending is the child is dead. Um, so it was very dark. It was very dark. It, she's, she's dead, but she's also kind of reunited oh, with her mum and dad in this moon well, kingdom uh, thing. See, this is, this is where I... Wouldn't say have a problem with the film because it's a very beautifully made film but just my own grievances are i really like it kind of ends so the kid dies and supposedly she's rejoined the kingdom and she's now this the the head of this Princess. royal kingdom thing in the afterlife i presume but it's not really is it it's fantasy and she's dead so like it's it kind of ends mm. like it's all a dream mm, yeah. so I know it's not really that. I know it's kind of it's kind of 
it, it kind of finishes with some ambiguity and it's kind of like, is it fantasy? What, what, you know, is this part real? Was it fantasy? And it's kind of purposely left up to us as an audience to decide. But it, in my head, there's not really anything to decide. It's just a fantasy and she's dead. Um, and I don't, I don't love films that end that way. I have to, a, a, a problem... A problem again another film that i really appreciate it looks great inception i love it i think it looks brilliant the action is really well done and it's really enjoyable but it gets to the end it's like oh was it all a dream or wasn't it i was like oh, it was just a bit like ah oh, it's just a bit of a dallas ending isn't it is that what happens and, in inception yeah well it's got the totem and you know it wobbles a bit and it's like is it real or was it all a dream and i kind of feel this a similar way about this as I do about Inception, and I know they're completely different films, but they kind of are both mixed in a dream stroke fantasy world, and they both end a bit amb- ambiguously. And um, yeah, I don't know why. I just keep th- th- kept thinking of Inception while I was watching this film, or particularly when I got to the end of it anyway. So mm-hmm. I thought it was all right, this film. I thought it was pretty good, but I don't think I'm going to be uh, revisiting it again anytime soon maybe maybe um maybe i would enjoy it more on a on a rewatch it does feel like a film to me that might improve with another watch um Mm -hmm. now that i know what i'm getting what was the other film that i could have chosen oh el mariachi yeah yeah Mm. oh mate that's a good one that's a good one you've seen that film i and Yeah. yeah i watched I chose this film purely because you hadn't seen it. Yeah, I, I did want to watch it. I was keen to watch it. Yeah, I feel like it's one like as a as a quote unquote film fan. I feel like it's one that I need to watch. You know, it's the film that everyone yeah. rates. It just wasn't quite for me. Like I can appreciate stuff in it and I can see what people like, but just mixed with the fantasy stuff and the dream, you know, ambiguity stuff, I, I'm just not a fan of that stuff in general. So it kind of. It, it balanced out for me to be, I'm going to give it a 7.5 because it is a really well-made film and it's just not for me, but it's, I can appreciate it. I can appreciate it. You know, I am definitely in a minority and I can accept that. I would give it it a 7.5. Would you? No, it's not. It's not at all. Yeah. I, I mean, it was fine. As I said, the first time I watched it, I was a bit like, oh, what? what would you have scored it oh, after your first watch then? Has it changed? Would your score have changed, do you think? Probably like a seven or a little bit under a seven. Yeah. Because I was a bit like, like cinematically and like the fantasy stuff is really beautiful. It's not something that I would w- want to watch over and over again. Roma, w- I would want to watch and yeah. would highly recommend. I- I'd sooner watch Roma again, again than-, than Pan's Labyrinth for sure. Um, but overall... A strong week. Very strong week. Very strong week. And a and, uh, strong international film as well. And strong, strong international films. We did, we've done um, international films, two episodes on the bounce now. We did Lady Vengeance and now we've just done a couple of Spanish uh, language films. So I'm looking forward to getting back to a bit more trash stuff, mate, with some English speaking stuff. I'm going to have a bit <laughs> of a break from subtitles. Speaking of trash, we need to move on to Stitch Up. Oh no, before we do that, we need to announce uh, what we're going to... What's going to be our next theme? Actually, don't we? I forgot about it. Back to you, mate. Back to me. Yeah, theme tennis. Um, So it's back to me. So the next theme, in the next episode, we're going to be choosing two coming-of-age movies. 
And I can't believe we haven't done this topic before. Um, there's a lot of really good coming-of-age films. Um, I bet there's a lot of really bad ones as well. But there are a lot of good yeah. ones. And there's, there's there's a lot from my childhood that I really want to put on my list. Um, but I'm probably not going to get to put a lot of them on because not all of them are available on streaming and stuff for both of us. So that's always a little bit of a fly in the ointment. But we'll mention them anyway. Um, so next episode... Yeah, cool. We're doing coming-of-age picks, so tune in next week to hear what we choose. But as I was saying, speaking of trash, um, Section 3 stitch-up, you lost the poll, and you had to watch Double Dragon, mate, which is a computer game, which came out in 1994, and it's got Scott Wolf in it and Mark DeCascos, and I didn't know this, uh, I didn't realise this, and then when you sent me a, a picture on WhatsApp of him... A video. You sent me a video, oh. didn't you? You sent me a couple of videos. I sent you two videos. Yeah. Oh you my did. god. And I watched them, and it looked great. And I watched the. I watched the. <laughs> there's a YouTube channel I watch called Double Toasted, and they sometimes do bad yeah, movie cool. reviews, and it's really good. It's really funny. You should watch it. Check them out if you don't know about them already. But they did Double Dragon, so I watched their. They did like a forty minute review, and I watched that just before we started recording. So I, I want to. I'm interested to see what kind of points you pick up on, mate. But. Uh, yeah, over to you, mate, for, for Double Dragon. What what glorious nuggets have you got for us for Double Dragon? Was it good? I have to say, I have to yeah. say, I would love to thank everyone who voted against, uh, voted for me to watch this film because it was fucking awesome for a stitch-up <laughs> film. I thought this was brilliant. Okay, so um, Double Dragon came out in 1994, directed by James U. Kitch. And the tagline is power, justice, darkness, light. That's a bit of a poor tagline. And you said this is a video game. So have you played this video game? Yeah, the video game came out in 1987. And um, right. it's I played it. I think I can't remember what, what console would it have been, 87. So it probably would have been when I had a Master System, so a Sega Master System. Um, so but yeah, I played it back in the day, mate. I love the video fucking double double dragon me. So is is the video game based on trying to get this medallion and and gaining all this power? I think so. I don't remember. All yeah. I really remember from the because I was quite young. I must have been. I was definitely younger than ten. I was probably about six or seven when I played it. But I mm-hmm. just really remember it was just a side scroller kind of beat 'em up. And there's always gangs hanging around, like on at the certain sides of walls, and you'd approach them, and then they'd just come out, and you'd just have a bit of a fight with them. And sometimes you could pick up a bottle and smash it over their head. But I think that's really as far as the games went. I don't remember any medallion stuff in it, but that's not to say that that wasn't okay. present in the games. Yeah. So this movie starts there in like this ancient, you know, rural town. And where part one medallion is, and yeah. these this gang goes in and you know starts killing everyone trying to find this medallion. They finally get the medallion, and he knows how to gain the power, so he instantly has got half the power. And with with his power, he can kind of warp into other people and pretend to be other people. And the other medallion. Is with the two brothers and their, I think it's their aunt, and she's taught them how to do martial arts and stuff. And it goes, they go to a like a martial arts tournament, and they're trying to win some money, and they end up losing. Yeah, and there's a curfew thing as well. 
So if they're out after a certain time, you know, the bad gangs and clown people come out and it's not safe. You're only safe during the day. And the whole the whole point of this movie is this gang trying to get this medallion off them. It's set in a post apocalyptic Los Angeles, isn't it? In the far future of yeah. two thousand and seven. And also, I I kind of got. Have you seen? Have you ever seen RoboCop, Nicole? This is a question for you. Have you watched no. RoboCop? Oh, for fuck's sake! No. Yeah, you've got to watch RoboCop one day. I'm almost I'm almost tempted to say. Wait and wait until you're in the country, and I will show it to you. We'll go and watch it at a Prince Charles or something if it's showing, because yeah, you need right. to see it. I can, I, I can, I can wait to watch this film. Um, but there are a few adverts, um, I think in this in Double Dragon, uh, and it was kind of like Robo in RoboCop. They had a similar thing. Like it's a Verhoeven tra- uh, trait, really. Kind of, he has mm-hmm. fake adverts within his films that kind of highlights. Um, some of the crazy shit that's going on and it's kind of satirizes real world stuff. Um, and it felt like they were kind of going for that in this with some kind of like news anchor kind of cut scenes and, and things like that. Um, but I don't know if it worked or not. I mean, you tell me, you're the one, you're the one that watched it. Um, it was a lot of fun and just like the acting wasn't great. The few, the few lines that they had, they're like, oh, you know, we the other medallion is somewhere else where they they will never find it. And the one of the brothers like in his underpants or something. I was just <laughs> like, I was just laughing at just the silly lines. Well, it, it, it or feels there more was, like a, an issue with the the script, the scripts than maybe the actors. Like, yeah, those two guys, are, they're 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 good. Well, it, well, like they've been doing it a long time nowadays. Like they were just starting out back then, but they're. I think there, there were some really good actors in this film, like yeah. Robert Patrick's in it, um, Alicia Milano's in it. Yeah. yeah, there's some well-known actors in this film. But, yeah, on Letterboxd it says 1.9. I don't think <laughs> it deserves 1.9. You think it deserves more than that or less? I don't think it deserves more than that. It's just if you want to, like, have a bit of fun, this is, like, by far the best Stitch Up film I've had to watch. Okay, I'll give this like a five. Oh my a five god! Out of ten, that's almost a failure on my part because it sounds like you enjoyed it. I know it much. is. So it's just silly, then. It's just silly old shit, is it? Because oh, I saw really like, silly. I saw yeah, the dialogue looked pretty bad to me. Like some of the action stuff. There was um, the, there was a boat that crashed into a sign, and then the sign exploded for some reason. And I fucking love shit like that. So it sounds like it's some one that I probably might enjoy as well. So I'm, it was, if you give it, if you give it a five, yeah. I'm probably going to give it like an eight out of ten. <laughs> I was almost tempted to give it like a seven, as like a seven for a stitch up film, yeah, because it's actually quality. It's really funny. Oh. So yeah, you know, there's a lot of fighting scenes. The different different gangs, a gang of postmen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the end. They're trying to, so that what, you know, the brothers have this medallion, but they don't know how to actually use it. And they finally learn how to use it. And they start fighting Robert Patrick's character. But they end up getting the medallion and being successful. And then what happens is (laughs) one of the, that's right, one of the brothers goes into his body and, and writes a check to the city council. So, you know. The city becomes a lot better and get rid of all the crime and 
it's more safer. Oh, that's right. He He's in the body and he says that and he goes, you know, he goes, and you're going to give us his money and what? What's the, what do you get out of it? And he goes, arrest me. So they arrest him and then he warps out of his body and he's like, no. And it ends like that. Just, well, sounds- I think they end up getting a new futuristic car and they go off into the wilderness. Like a, um, what's that, back to future style car. That's what the cars are like, similar really? to like a lot of back to the future and how they fuel the cars is with like rubbish. So throwing, you know, paper and maps and I think they. This, this sounds they throw, fucking they crazy. <laughs> you should watch this, mate. I it recommend this film. Off 100% wall. recommend this film. Watch <laughs> well, it. Well, I'm sold, mate. I'm sold. Double jacket. Here we go. <laughs> I know what I'm doing after the podcast. And that's it. Awesome. All right, mate. Well, thank you very much for watching Double Dragon. That does mean that we thank have to move on. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, everyone, for voting for Nicole to watch Double Dragon. But we've got to move on to the next part now where we find out who's going to be watching the next Stitch Up. As we said in the last episode, we're now doing all of our polls on our Instagram page. But we're still taking it in turns to put them on. And you put this one on. So... You chose for me to watch... Hobgoblins. Hobgoblins. And I chose for you Avalanche Sharks. So how did the poll go, mate? How many votes did we get? What? Uh, I, I suppose, mm. as just as a starting point, I'm going to say that the current scores are... You've watched 17 Stitch Up films and I've watched 16. So I'm winning. So I'm, by I'm one winning. I'm winning. No, I'm winning, right? You, the, that means I've loot. watched more. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can't put a spin on this one, mate. You're losing. You've watched more terrible films than I have. By one. So tell us, uh, Hobgoblins versus Avalanche Sharks for you. What what was the result, mate? Well, we both can see who is winning on the poll. And I looked at it and I was like, I'm not even going to bother voting because it was six to one. <laughs> Thanks to Pilot Season for voting yeah. for Dan, but everyone else <laughs> voted for me. Pilot Season was the one vote for me. I saw yeah. um, I, my housemate. Vote- my housemate voted for me. She clearly she thinks she probably thought that means that I don't have to watch the film. You have to watch the film. Um, I don't. I disagree. I think she just wanted to vote for you to watch the Avalanche Sharks, mate. Um. <laughs> It's funny because when I voted, I went on and it said, oh, 100% Nicole. And I was like, what? And four people had voted and they'd all voted for you at that point. And I didn't check it again after that. So, well, at least someone voted for me. So you've got to watch Avalanche Sharks. Yeah. Cool. Looks all right. Might I've... be a bit of fun. Might be a double. It might be a great stitch up film two Maybe. weeks in a row. Maybe. I hope yeah. not. I really hope not. I hope it's terrible and I hope you hate it. And I hope it's crap. <laughs> Um, I've only seen the poster. I don't know much about it because it was a bit of a last-minute decision last time because in the last the last uh, time we were choosing films, I was going to choose Thunder Force for you. But you'd already watched it. So That's I right. I could have chosen it for you again, but then you could have gotten away with just not watching it and say you had. So I sort of scrambled the last minute and I came up with that. Um, but great. So next stitch up then in episode 76 you are going to be reviewing Avalanche Sharks. Shall we find out what we're going to choose for each other for the next poll? Um, Yeah. I know what I'm going to choose for you. I've got something ready to go. Um, Go on. 
we mentioned it earlier. It's a film that it looks like you hadn't heard of it. I love this film in the way that I love Super Mario Brothers because it's a film that I watched on repeat when I was a kid. Uh, and I think it's brilliant. But apparently everyone, everyone else thinks it's terrible. Howard the Duck. That's my choice for you. Oh, for this yeah. week's Stitch Up Poll. And mm. um, if you lose, if you lose, I'm going to watch it anyway. Because I really like it. And I want to talk to you about it. What are you going to choose for me? I'm going a bit, I'm not doing monsters and silly films this week. I'm going to go... The Barbie Diaries. The Barbie Diaries. <laughs> is this not, Is this a proper film? Is it a full-length film? Yeah, it goes for 70 minutes. It's pretty short. I remember looking up a bunch of Barbie films yeah. for you because I know how much you love Barbie, well, well, especially it, when Margot Robbie plays Barbie. I was just about to say, isn't film. Margot Robbie going to be playing Barbie? Well, I'm all in for that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, if I can't, if I happen to lose that poll and I can't find Barbie Diaries, I'm going to quite happily watch Howard the Duck. So um, we'll see how that goes. But that poll, if you would like to vote on that poll for Nicole to watch Howard the Duck, you can do at Twin Picks Pod on Instagram. If you want to catch up with us on Twitter, you can do also at Twin Picks Pod. If you want to catch up with me on Instagram, I'm at flick.face. If you want to email us, you can do at twinpixpod at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do, if you want to support the show for free, is obviously download and listen to our episodes. Share it with a friend. There might be an episode that you think, oh, my mate really likes prison movies. Let's send them a link to the prison movies episode. That write is really a review, guys. Write a review. Write, write a five-star review only, not a zero-star review, because that's probably bad. Just write a five-star review <laughs> and say that it's brilliant. It's the best thing you've ever read. And it's the only movie podcast you ever listen to. But yeah, no, no all best jokes aside. Best thing since sliced bread. Best thing since sliced bread. No, but the best thing you can do is uh, is share our show with your mates and uh, leave us a review if you can, if you've got the time. If you've got a spare few quid and you want to buy us a coffee, you can do at ko-fi.com slash podcast. Um, what about you, mate? Have you got any socials that you want to share with the listeners? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Chikanika or Nika Creative. Awesome. We did it, mate. We did it. We did it. Spanish pics. We spoke about Roma. We spoke about Pan's Labyrinth. You spoke about Double Dragon and you fucking loved a stitch up for once, which is very disappointing. But we did And we it. figured out what was in my pencil case. And we <laughs> sussed out what was in your pencil case. <laughs> Yeah, so if you made it this far, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week to our Coming of Age Picks episode. So we'll catch up with you then. I don't know how to say goodbye in Spanish, so you say it. Buenas noches, buenos dias. Uh, Chuck Norris. Good night, Chuck Norris. Goodbye, Chuck. <laughs>